This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey of with Christ with passion and purpose like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined as usual by my illustrious co-host, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. But before I give them a chance to speak, I want to talk a little bit about, I know that we've had some feedback on our sound issues and our podcast. So I just want to tell you that, first of all, we're very sorry for that and we're very well aware of it. So we're working to correct that. So if you're listening in your headphones right now and you're you're about to go out of your ever-loving mind, I just want to tell you, just please be patient with us. We are working on it. We want to provide the best sound for you. And so I just want to say that. So just kind of to speak about the elephant in the room there, we're very sorry. It, it's hard, you know, with all of us in different places trying to get something that's cohesive and that works, but we are working on it. So don't give up on us. Okay. So with that being said, I'm going to have Heather Kim talk about where she is this morning and what she's up to. We've already been laughing for like a half an hour before this podcast started. So I don't know where it's (laughs) going to go people, but you know, here we are. So Heather, how are you? I can see your beautiful face. I can see your beautiful face. I'm good this morning, sister. Always a joy. I know people think it's like, oh, beforehand, you all are like planning what you're going to talk about. Not really. If you were to hear our conversations, (laughs) we're just slapping our heads off. Can we say that on the air? Yeah. The most (laughs) random things, which I adore. Um, Yeah. So things are good. We're like in the middle of like really fun basketball tournaments at our kids' schools. And um, so, yeah, lots of good things going on. And last night for my listeners who I know are going to freak out if you have one of these, I got an instant pot. So there will be more reviews to come on how I haven't used it yet, but I'm expecting good things. I think it's the game changer is what I've heard. So Anyway, now, is that like that. the super, like the pressure cooker times 10 or something like that? Is that how it, it works? It is. Like you, I had to warn my children. I was like, don't touch this. It could melt your face off. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at me like, why would you buy that? And I was like, it's a game changer. <laughs> Just step away from the machine. Anyway. Yeah. So how are you this morning, Michelle? I am good. It is a sunny day in Florida. Still a little cold, but good. Um, worked this morning for a while, but we are gearing up. I can say this because by the time it'll air, it will already happen. A good friend of ours is turning 30. Um, well, she turned 30 yesterday, um, a baby, but we are having a big party for her tonight. And Ooh. so we are all of our friends have been um, setting up for the party today, but we have been learning a flash mob to surprise her with for her 30th birthday party to none other than Hanson's bop. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm going to see if I can my husband. Yeah. Oh, we have to record it tonight, but I was laughing so hard last night because we were all practicing at where the house, where the party is going to be last night at five 30. And I was like, okay, how fun is this community? You have 20 something of us practicing an umbop flash dance. And I mean, it was such an eclectic group, like some of our school teachers, some of our Air Force pilots. So, I mean, such That's an eclectic fun. group. Some of the little kids um, learning this flash mob. And so, um, yeah, so we're getting ready for that today, which should be a lot of fun. That's Please great. tell me you're going to have a video of that and like post it. I hope it. so. I would love we to have see to. That. And I can't I wait to see her face. So hard over that. Yeah, to surprise her. It'll be a blast to surprise her with this. So, um, that's great. Yeah, so it's good. It's really good. You know, how are you, sister? That is fun. Well, good because I got to hang out with you, Michelle, earlier this week. So I know. We had a I'm good missing time. you. 
Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'm going to hint, you're, you're probably going to be my one thing at the end of the episode, but I don't want to totally spoil it yet. But we had a good time together. So it was great. And, and I wasn't hearing. jealous at all. I was not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was so glad you two were together. I just loved seeing you together in photos because I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, and probably Instagram stories or whatever Michelle did because she's yeah. like, she's cool like that, people. So today we're going to talk about, I'm going to stop singing the song. I've already been singing it for 30 minutes. I will not sing it, but we're going to talk about unity in the body of Christ. And we're actually, the three of us are going to go to something called If Gathering the next week, which is what Michelle is going to tell us more about. But our scripture passage to guide us for this particular episode is John 17. Um, verse 21, well, 21 to 26. I'm just going to read part of it here where Jesus says that they may all be one, even as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So I know a lot of people in ecumenical movements and in in different parts of the body of Christ uh, have this particular scripture passage as kind of their guide for Christian unity, which is really the heart of Christ. I mean, it is God is one. It's the heart of Christ that we all be one. So I'm going to actually turn this over to Michelle, who's going to guide us for the rest of the podcast, who just has some really great insights on this. So Michelle, do you want to talk a bit about how this strikes you so deeply and also just about if gathering that we're going to be at next week? Yeah, I think this is really interesting when we were... Um, talking, discussing, you know, podcast episodes, like they're, um, you know, our whole scripture base for this podcast is comes out of John 15. And then you jump down to John 17. And um, he's talking about uh, Jesus talking out, may they all be one. And these are almost part of his parting words um, to us. And so this is has a lot of significance, you know, like this is his heart's desire and that um, we come together as a body of Christ. And um, so it was really interesting a couple of years ago, um, uh, people, uh, something was really stirring in me for unity among denominations, especially among women. And um so the if gathering came about, and I remember watching the first one because they had a live simo, uh, like simocast conference, and there was something about it. There was different women, different denominations, different ages, and they all came together and spoke, and they really prayed. And there was something about that display of unity um, because there were different denominations, and there was some um, like there's some theological differences. But I loved how they discussed them and didn't debate them. But it was more, what do we have in common than um, we have more in common than we do to unite us than we have things to divide us. And um, that display of unity among Christians, um, I think, is such a display of God's glory. I think it's such a display to an unbelieving world, how we love one another. I think it is um, something powerful. But um, I was thinking about it and praying about it this morning. When I got up early, just about um, what does it take like for, you know, we call the church the bride of Christ. And so who better than women to prepare the bride of the Christ um, for him coming, Jesus coming again? I mean, we don't know when that's going to be or anytime soon, but women are the ones that prepare a bride for the wedding feast. So I think it's really important for women to have unity among each other, you know, um, to come together, to see what, how the Holy Spirit is going to unify us. And that unity is just a powerful force um, to heal the world, I feel, you know. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I agree with you in what you're saying. If Gathering was one of those examples, I watched that too, that first one, and I just, there was many moments that I had tears in my eyes watching it because I thought, wow, what a beautiful display of unity amongst these women. And they were all strong in their own right. (laughs) You know, they're all leaders. They all have their own things going on, but they just laid it all down. You know, they laid down their own agendas and their own things um, to come together. And I think that's at the heart of it for me is like, what do we need to lay down within ourselves, our mentalities, our barriers, different things like that to come together? And how can I bring about unity in my circles? You know, those are some of the questions that I ask myself, because it is what Jesus has asked. It was his prayer to the Father that that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And if we look at Jesus and the Father, there's no barriers. This There's this complete reciprocal gift of one to the other. And I, in my own experiences, you know, I have learned so much from my um, Protestant brothers and sisters about so many things in the faith. Um, and I would be, I, I'm richer because of it. You know, I'm richer because of the things that I've learned from their experiences and their growth and some of their, you know, the ways that they worship and, and all of that. And so I agree with you that we have more in common than we do apart. And it's a, it's something that I think we have to address and talk about. And that's why I'm glad we're talking about it today because we put too much energy sometimes into the wrong things in trying to be right rather than, you know, finding the common ground, (laughs) to be honest. So, yeah, Sister, what are some of your initial thoughts? Well, I think we all share a common heart on this, and I totally agree. And it it is not to deny the theological differences, of which many times there are many. And so the church has been working, you know, ever since the East and West separation, and then, you know, with Martin Luther and just all these different separations that have come in the church, the church has been working to to kind of heal that, to come back together, especially since I think, you know, obviously we're people of Pope John Paul II, and obviously it was before that, but I know Pope John Paul II and I know Pope Benedict and Pope Francis are really trying to, to heal, to amend those things. And you see, you know, just really beautiful things happening, conversations that wouldn't have happened 200 years ago are happening now. And it's something I think, in my opinion, really far beyond even human reasoning or intellectual reasoning, I really believe that the move back to oneness is going to have to come through a a, a huge grace from Jesus Christ himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we in society today, people of goodwill must unite. And uh, we can't not unite, we must. And so for us to be able to come together Uh, Gone are the days where we just say we don't need one another and our differences are too big. We need one another. So people of goodwill must unite. And I I, like you, you know, I was at IHOP, the International House of Prayer Conference in Kansas City right after Christmas. And uh, I've been out to Bethel, Bill Johnson's church. I've been out to Bethel a couple years ago just to just to pray with them and see what life is like just out at one of their Sunday services. And we're about to go to If Gathering. And I think that hearing the hearts of other people and hearing where God is speaking to them and them hearing us as well is very, very, very important. And I remember listening to a podcast by Bill Johnson, and we've talked about Bill Johnson, who's a senior pastor at Bethel. We've talked about him many times. And he was exhorting his own congregation that, you know, he said, if you allow Satan to divide you, he's one. He's like, I don't even care what side of the theological difference they're on. If you're allowing him to come and divide you and to make the other person the demon or make the other person the problem, he said, he's already won that battle. So he said, we have to see all people as children of God and what is God doing in their life and what is God trying to impart to the church and to the world at this time. And it was very wise, you know, because it was very sobering what he was saying. And so 
I, I think that's very true uh, of what God is doing in the church right now and, and what you're seeing in history. And it's a sign of the times, I really believe. I really believe that God is preparing to make a move such like that to bring us all back into union and oneness. And so the matter the matter is, is our heart open? Mm-hmm. Are we ready for that? Are we, are we willing to receive the other? Are we willing to talk about differences? Are we willing to speak of and embrace all that we have that's in common so we can come together and pray together and be a sign and force of his love, his authentic love to the world. So I, you know, I agree with you. We've had many conversations about this, the three of us, and something I think we all really believe in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, I completely agree. And I think also um, unity doesn't mean uniformity. And I mean, it doesn't mean that we look all alike and act all alike. Like um, I cannot imagine not being in a liturgical church. There's something about the rhythm of a sacramental church, a liturgical church, like it roots me. And for my personality, especially that is like always, you know, head in the clouds or creative brain or all of that. I I need her to be a church that is a rhythm. I need the sacraments. I need that. But for me, um, my dad's side of the family is Catholic, like grew up in um, French Catholic, grew up in France. Um, My great grandmother actually was from Nevers, where the same town in France that St. Bernadette was from, of Lourdes. I mean, there were actually peers. But then my mom's side of the family is all Protestant, Methodist, um, Bible teacher, and Pentecostal. And um, my... uh, Great grandmother was saved in a backwoods revival in Alabama, Pentecostal tents, you know, and she was a prayerful force. And I mean, she was amazing. But my 95 year old grandfather, who taught the same Bible study, I think for almost 60 years in the Methodist church, um, I credit him with my love of scripture. Every time I see him, the man is precious. Like, even when I think about him, I just tear up because he will ask me, um, like when I talk to him, and Chris laughs, he said, Now I see where you get it. Michelle, what book are you reading? because we're all big readers. And he said, what scripture are you studying? Those are the two questions he asks me every time I talk to him, you know? And he always tells me, like, he made sure, you know, I knew the word of God. He made sure that it was um, penetrated in my heart and my soul. And I, I thank him for that. Like his love of the word, you know, was a spiritual inheritance for me. And I really see how beautiful that is. And, um, you know, but I couldn't imagine not being... Um, in a liturgical sacramental church too. It's a both and and not an either or, you know? Um, so yeah, once again, I think Pope Francis does a really good job about that saying just um, unity doesn't mean uniformity. Like our differences make us um, unique and bold and we need our differences because they make us who we are. Um, the church and the body, you know, with its many parts, who exactly we need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and those differences do complement one another, you know, and that's how that's how it should be. And for those of those of us who are married, you see that you live that experience of like two people who are completely different, but your differences when they complement one another, it's the most beautiful thing in a marriage, you know. And so too in the body of Christ. Like we all have different roles, we play different parts, and we share the same baptism. That's the thing, right? And I think we often forget that about what unites us. And we can so it's so much easier to be critical and focus on the negative things that divide us. But in all reality, there has been so many huge strides that have made that I'm not even sure most people are aware of, Mm -hmm. as far as Christian unity, and, you know, the Protestant Reformation, and a lot of the disagreements that were there for so long, there has those have come into agreement now between 
the Catholic church and, you know, some of the, the Protestant um, the issues that were present there, those have been healed and reconciled. And so there really isn't uh, anything to protest anymore. <laughs> the protest is over, you know, and I have some really good Christian friends and one of them in particular, he says, I don't like being called a Protestant. He goes, cause I'm not protesting anything. You know, I'm Christian and which I think is a, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So I think um, often we can get stuck on trying to be right. Um, and rather than listening, like I said earlier, but also it's like when you've experienced something beautiful, you want to be able to share that, you know, and there's so many beautiful things within our faith, Eucharist and things like that, that we can't share with our Christian brothers and sisters. Um, yet sometimes our approach to sharing that can cause more division than unity, you know, and that's where I think we need to watch what are our motivations with people as we're having discussions. Is it really to listen and love? Or is it to hit them over the head with a baseball bat of what we would call truth? You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm -hmm. I think we can use that as an excuse. Sometimes it's like, well, I'm just saying the truth, you know, Um, but, but it has no love. There's no charity behind it. And I think that's really the key, you know, is like we have to be practicing unity in our own lives with our own people and not keeping our world so closed Um, that it only has one flavor, you know, that doesn't have all the different parts of the church. Like we really need to open our arms and our homes and our families and our communities um, to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that listening part, Heather, is very important, you know, embracing the heart of the person in front of us who's made in the image and likeness of God. And, and, you know, you you just think of how Christ navigates our life with us and how he brings us to truth. And, I had just somebody tell me just the other day that, you know, Jesus allows us room to be imperfect as he works out his love in us. So he loves us and he loves the broken parts of us and he loves the parts that are wayward and the parts that are erring and and all of us that we have those parts in us. And so he said, you know, in the same vein, you must love the other people that God is sending in your life. You know, you can't expect them to to be perfect or you can't expect them to. So it's like that mutual reciprocity of the heart where somebody can, you know, flat out disagree with me or you poke holes in my argument, so to speak, if, if try to do that. But if they're coming at it from a place of like, I really want to understand this, or I really want to embrace you as a person or how you see the world. It's a very different dialogue than I'm right and you're wrong and just get over it. <laughs> you know, so, right, exactly. and, and, and so, you know, we, you, you and I, you know, as Catholics, we, we have to know why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do and the rich beauty of that. So we can impart that beauty to other people. There's a reason why we, so if we're, in, uninformed about our own faith and why we do what we do, it's going to be hard to kind of really share that beauty with other people. And if I don't know Christ personally, if I don't know him personally, how can I articulate his beauty to the other, which will emanate from the depths of my heart also in, in the words and how I live my life, it will be informed by how I live my life. And so that whole, I think the reality of us being rooted and grounded in Christ and then being able to give that gift to others and to receive the other and to be very honest in all the things is going to help that dialogue versus no, I'm not going to talk to them. They're different. And whatever it is, whether the denomination, whether that's how they look, whether they, how they see the world, I'm so glad for the people in my life that shatter my paradigms because it's so good for me. It's so good for Mm -hmm. me on so many levels. And it makes me think differently. And, you know, you realize that people are these glorious, you know, masterpieces that are messy and and all kinds of stuff. And so am I, I'm like, amen. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's scary, but it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, exactly. And it is one of those things that I find it's like, 
when I think about Christians, Catholics, you know, all of that just debating and trying to prove one another wrong, I, it saddens me. It deeply saddens me because I look at what's happening in the world and this is so petty. You know, we get lost in a small story. We get lost in the small things and we forget that the world is in desperate need for love and they, they, they're in desperate need for for God, who is love, like he is the love that they're desperate for. And if we can't even express that and live that out within our relationships with one another as Christians, how are we supposed to be a sign of the love of God to the world who does not know him? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yet I don't think we're often thinking about it like that. You know, we, we kind of miss the boat and we get stuck in this small story. And it's deeply saddening. It's troubling, you know, to me to think about that. Well, I'm thinking like I'm looking at John Paul II's um, encyclical, I will not say the Latin because I will completely butcher it, but that they may be one. John Paul II says um, that rather ecumenism, need more coffee, is an organic part (laughs) of her life and work, the church's life and work, and constantly must pervade in all she does. But he says it's an organic part of her work. And I guess that really came to me like an organic part of her work where God really just showed me just the beauty of the body of Christ is when we brought our two children home for um, Haiti, um, we found our biggest support was our non-denominational friends. They do an amazing job of um, aftercare support, like after you adopt the children. They did, they had conferences and there was an amazing non-denominational conference called Create for Care. And it was for women who had um, adopted children, a lot of them from hard places or just any kind of adoption and foster care. And I remember going to the first uh, retreat there about five years ago, five or years ago. And I'm thinking, okay, these are my people. And it totally, like you said, Heather, it like opened up my mind. It totally shook my paradigm of what I thought certain things was because there were these women and these families that had biological children plus adopted children. And they had these huge families, like five, six, seven, eight families. I'm like, wait a minute, kid. I mean, five, six, seven, eight kids. And I'm like, okay, are y'all Catholic? Y'all aren't Catholic. Why y'all have all (laughs) these kids? Why, Why do you have these 12 passenger vans? Like what? Huh? You know, and I loved it. So it was just amazing for me to see these adoption moms, um, with their hearts. And both of us, our hearts are breaking for our children. And each of us knew that the Holy Spirit is the only way that these children could be healed. And we knew we were in over our heads to do this, but there was such a bond. Um, when you pray with someone with fervor, especially moms getting together and praying with fervor for your children, when you share tears with each other, when you share vulnerability with each other over these kids um, and these moms, I would just look at them and be like, you too. Oh my gosh, I thought that I was the only one that thought that. Like, this is so hard, you know? Um, and like, we would just laugh. Like, one of the moms said, I hate when people come up to me and say, Oh, you're so kind. You just must be like Mother Teresa, you know, taking these kids. And she's like, Okay, they didn't see how I was losing it this morning because I didn't know how to deal with this child's trauma and all of that. And it was just like this kindred soul, you know? But it was such a display of um, the body of Christ for me in a way because through brokenness, we allowed the Holy Spirit to unite us and to begin to heal us. And it was not only a joint restoration for me and my children, but it was a joint restoration, I felt like, of sisterhood, of other mothers, of um, laying ourselves down and just wanting God's glory to be displayed. And we knew that we could only do that 
as if we banded together as an army to really pray for these kids. Um, and that is how God was going to restore. And so it was just a total mind shift in me on um, just going outside of my frame of thinking and going outside of my usual circle of this is how it should be. You know, this is what faith looks like. So what about you, sister? Oh, I was going to say, amen, preach that. No, that's very true. And I, I was wondering like this week in our lives, you know, as we prepare for Lent, as we prepare for this time where the the spirit is going to lead us out into the desert, you know, I wonder, I just wonder where, you know, God wants to kind of interrupt our lives, right? With maybe he's somebody he wants us to engage in dialogue with, whether that's mom at the playground or it's at the cashier at the grocery store, maybe it's somebody that you know. And I wonder where Jesus is just calling all of us to hear the heart of another, and just to receive them and to, and to speak the truth in love. And I just, I just wonder like in our, each of our lives, like, where's Jesus, you know, like on our road to Emmaus, you know, where does he come often in ways we don't expect? And I, for me, I, I'm just, I think I've said this before. I'm just very convicted more and more that each day, each day God sends these things into my life. And my only responsibility is to love each day and tomorrow will take care of itself. So what is he doing in my life today where maybe he wants to stretch me a bit or fill my heart or bless me or challenge me or, you know, pierce my heart so that his love flows out more perfectly. So I don't know, just as our listeners, you know, we prepare for Lent. We're going to talk about our book series in a second, but you know, where is Jesus going to encounter you this week? And maybe wants to just speak into your life in a way you may not expect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about, I'm going to shift gears real quick. So we, first of all, thank you for all your feedback on the Life of the Beloved book study that we're going to do for Lent. We cannot wait to have you join us. So we're let's talk about some practicalities. Okay. So this is going to be a book series through Lent. It is Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. All right. So we will begin this book series officially on Monday, February 12th, right? So right before Ash Wednesday, so Monday, February 12th. And we're going to talk about at that week, we're going to talk about the introduction to the book and the prologue. So you can get the book now and I've already read it, or you can listen to our introduction first and read it that week. So we're going to go week by week, but the official kickoff for Life of the Beloved introduction and prologue will be February 12th on Monday. However, a week before, we're going to have a private Facebook group for anybody who wants to join up and just join us throughout the whole series. Uh, so you can go to our Abiding Together Facebook page and you'll see the link there and you can um, jump into the private Facebook group. And that will be on Tuesday, February 6th. So Michelle, who's a rock star social media woman, is going to, to organize that for us. So private Facebook group, Tuesday, February 6th. February 12th, we're going to launch into the book officially. Um, the two of you, am I missing anything? People are asking that I don't know that we need to talk about. No, that's great. And we're super excited as well. Like we've heard a great response from people who are excited to join us. We're seeing all your comments. We're reading your posts and we're excited to journey with you through it. So it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be wonderful. Michelle, did you want to add anything about that before we talk about your one thing, girl? No, I'm excited. Like Heather said, I'm excited about the life of the beloved. I started rereading it um, two or three days ago and I was like, oh my goodness, I love this book. And it is funny. Um, I think the last time I read it was probably two or three years ago, but the things I underlined then did not stand, different things stood out to me this time. So it's interesting. You can go back and read spiritual classics. I, I mean, like I said before, I think it's a spiritual classic, but um, God always has something to say in these um, books. He always wants to speak to us in a new way. And um, because our story is ever evolving and his love is always constant, but the way he reveals himself is always new to us. And so, um, 
yeah. So I'm excited to be on the journey with you guys for Lent. So very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. That'll, that'll be wonderful. And the the beloved, like we've talked about, that's the core truth of who we are. And so just excited, especially during Lent where we, like we talked about the Holy Spirit leads us out into the desert. He lures us out into the desert to speak to our hearts. I just can't wait to hear how he's going to encounter each one of us during this time to prepare for, you know, the, the, the death and resurrection of Christ, you know, Easter Sunday as he rises again, as we all do, and we all will forever. So Amen. So let's talk about ladies. Let's talk about our one thing. So Michelle, I totally pushed you out in front there. So first penguin in girl, what's your, what's your one thing this week? My one thing goes along with the topic that we were talking about unity. Um, Matt Marr did a great video for the alpha conference that I think is next week also in Phoenix about unity and worship. And it's just a quick two to three minute video, but Matt is so good and so articulate about explaining about the heart of unity and the reason why it's so important And one of the lines I just loved that he said in this video was, you know, God is coming back, not coming back for a harem. He's coming back for a bride. And that line just was like, okay, you preach it, Matt. Um, It just stood (laughs) out to me. Like, I was like, you're right. Amen. You know, may we all be one. May we display his glory. Let's, we got a lot of work to do, you know, so let's um, love each other well and get to it. So that is my one thing. Heather, what's your one thing? That's so good. And I just love Matt's heart of unity for the church. Like he really speaks so eloquently and beautiful and lives that in the world that he's in. You know, I just have so much appreciation for him. Um, My one thing is uh, a band called the brilliance and they are a Christian band and they are, they work together with Matt Marr a lot actually um, in Christian unity. And they have a song called now and at the hour. It's a beautiful song about our lady, um, which is surprising coming from, uh, some Protestants, but I really appreciate their music. They also have a whole album called Lent and they have a whole album called Advent. Um, so wow. I think our listeners will enjoy just perusing on Apple music or Spotify or whatever it might be, uh, the brilliant. So we'll put up a link for that song in particular. And I, I look forward to you guys seeing it. Yeah. Sister, what's your one thing? Well, speaking of unity, I dropped the hint at the beginning of the episode. My one thing for the week is the sacrament of marriage. So I'm just going to brag on Michelle and Chris for a second because I just spent a few days with them and we had wonderful like front porch time when it was raining. We had popcorn and hot tea and the three of us sat out there and we had breakfast together one day and just hearing their hearts of of how they fell in love and how how they live life together. And I just can't tell you how overwhelmingly grateful and edified and inspired that I was and still am by the sacrament of marriage and that beautiful icon of how Christ loves the church. So for me, I'm just in a very special way praying for all married couples, but just in such gratitude for all of you who I know it's not easy, but you say yes day in and day out. And your love is such a witness for the world. And so I just want to bless every married couple and just in a special way say thanks to uh, Michelle and Chris for just, it was great to hang out with you guys. And I, like I said, it was it's such a gift to my heart. So Oh, Y'all are my one thing. There you go. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> and so we loved having you. And um, she makes it sound like it was um, all romantic and um, hearts and flowers. But she also got to see us. Really, honey? Can you not get that also? You know, so she saw the good, the um, and the the good and the beautiful and the very real all in a couple of days when she was staying with us. And so she was oh. awesome. It was great to be with anyway. her, though. 
it was it was a blessing. So yeah. So dear friends, we like I said, we're excited to have you on our Life of the Beloved book study. So we'll we'll see you next week about that. And if you enjoy this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on the Abiding Together Our website. You'll see discussion questions there. You'll see all kinds of beautiful stuff there. And uh, we look forward to having you. So uh, like I said, we're working on our sound. So bear with us. We're going to continue to make that better for you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week.